welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Let's uh, take a moment of silence to uh, see if that couple ball ever landed. Thank you. It didn't. It's still in the air. That wasn't funny. That wasn't funny. (laughs) It's still in the air as we're currently talking here. Liverpool won. Chelsea nil. Actually, well, isn't it Liverpool nil? Chelsea nil. Liverpool Liverpool wins 11 to to 10. 10. On penalties. There you go. to 10. What? To 10. English? 11 no. to 10 on penalties. Thank you, Alex. This is why I'm the host and you're the co-host. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no Peter today. He's still suffering from the loss. Uh, <laughs> where do we even start? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I started off with the bad joke, but I, I don't know if we... I guess we just talk about how good Chelsea played and then we can go into the end. They played so well in this match. They had chance after chance after chance. Liverpool had the same. In my opinion, Chelsea had better chances. You had two Mason Mount, basically wide open plays. You had Kai Havertz about to be the game, uh, have the game winning goal, just like he did in the Champions League final against Manchester City last last season. He had an open chance, didn't get past the keeper, shot it wide. Mason Mount shoots it off the right bottom post. It's tough, man. It's it, it really is tough. We don't get it done in regular time. We don't get it done in extra time. Romelu Lukaku had a chip in extra time on goal on a cross by Marcus Alonso. A very good cross, mind you, by Marcus Alonso. It did not get past the goalkeeper. So now I send it to my co-host, Alex, for his reactions and initial words. I mean, it was really tough, Josh. This this loss, it really hurt. I, I texted I texted you after the game. And I was like, you know, this, this one really, really hurt. And uh, it hurt more than the FA Cup final last year. It's hurt more than any of the other uh, finals or, or any of the games in my recent memory, uh, at least. Obviously, since we started the podcast, things get a bit more intense when watching the games as well. Uh, you know, it feels like more is on the line. But I, I just really, I'm disappointed. I thought, you know, I know all the talk is going to be around Mason Mount. It's going to be around Keppa. I mean, I'm going to address the Keppa elephant in the room. I mean, he, I mean, what, like, it's not often that you see a, a keeper put it in the top corner uh, on a penalty because they don't really, you know, surprisingly enough, they don't actually practice penalties that often. Um, but clearly, it's not easy to save penalties either. I mean, it is I, not, no. Yeah. But it's certainly easy to, hit a ball on frame. Um, so I think, you know, getting it on target might have been possible for Kepa, but... I mean, even we can do it, so it can't be that hard. That is true, but it probably would have moved like a snail. So that's that's something else you got you to consider. Well, from our Twitter discussion earlier in the match, Alex... No, when, well, that was off a chance. That was not off. That was well, yeah, that's different. From, still, <laughs> you put yourself under the bus here with a little communication uh, on Twitter via myself and Alex. We were discussing, you know, as a joke, obviously the Mason Mount miss, and I believe I commented something along the lines of like you. I said like Alex could never, and you <laughs> responded by that saying that you would actually. Score that. Oh, yeah. Here, yeah, here the, it is. In the top Mount. corner. I said, Alex, no, I said, uh, at Anorian 23's type of finish right there. Obviously, leading to the Mason now miss basically wide open on net. And then you said, that's fine. Fly, that's flying in the top corner if I'm there. I said, debatable. 
LOL. Alex, you cannot finish out hey, if you, you should, tried. Hey, let's just say this. Who knows about that? But from the penalty spot, I was very in my short lived career. I was two for four from the penalty spot. And one of those was hit off the post and I rebounded uh, it in. So it hit off the post that I got. So I still count it. So technically from the spot directly, I'm 25%. And uh, that was also against, I literally shot it. I remember one of them. I shot it right at the kid and he couldn't even move. Um, he looked like the kid just didn't move. He just stood there, but he still saved it. So not my proudest moment, but I'm telling you, I had a few bangers. A 25, just reminding you would be an F on the test. Yeah. But like, yeah. Um, what I would say is I've had a few bangers. I've had a few bangers. No one really saw them, unfortunately, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we can, we can talk in our imagination later. What I would say in terms of, we kind of addressed the Kepa situation. He sucks at penalties. Hopefully he never has to take a penalty again. You know, he he's usually a good stopper of penalties. Here, I will bring up this. Should Tuchel have taken him off for Mendy, considering Mendy, who I was going to get into after Mason Mount, had a sensational performance, men of the match performance. Do you think it was right of Tuchel to take Mendy out at that point? I get the statistics. Funny enough, I actually think Mendy, he's bigger, he's taller, longer arms. That usually, you usually want a bigger goalkeeper uh, on penalties. I think Mendy could be a nice penalty stopper. Um, he just, you know, he just doesn't really do it, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I'm kind of interested to see that because I-, I saw someone say this on Twitter. Yes, Kappa has the better numbers, but if Mendy never gets to save penalties, if he's always taken off for the shootouts, right? then how is he supposed to help his numbers, right? Is it like, that's something you got to consider as well. So what did you think about it? Uh, What would you have done? I probably still would have done what Tuchel had done. um, But I, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020. (laughs) I'm just laughing, Alex, because before we recorded, you said the thing that is caught uh, that, that comes up on Chelsea Twitter a lot. The uh, joke about Thomas Tuchel, uh, you know, is the best thing to happen. Uh, to society since sliced bread Um, (laughs) or since the invention of bread itself. The thing is, I thought Tuchel making that move was wrong. I thought Thomas Tuchel bringing in Kepa after you have your... Originally or in hindsight? Because now it's easy to say. Originally? Like when he actually did it? Yeah, I mean, when he did it, I was like, really? Why? Mendy is your star goalkeeper. He's making all the saves. He's the reason... The reason we brought him in was to replace Keppa, right? Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. I don't need you chiming in here to say, you know, I was I'm wrong, Alex. You know it's right. So yeah, Keppa, the you know, since actually Mendy has come in, has improved his game as a backup goalkeeper coming in and cut matches. Now we haven't seen him in Premier League matches, and Premier League matches is normally when Keppa struggled to when, you know, everyone said, Oh, worst goalkeeper signing, worst signing ever, Chelsea history, whatever. But after Mendy makes sensational after sensational save in this match, yeah, you know, let's bring in Kepa because he's a better penalties keeper. I mean, come on, we're playing we're playing to win. Play to win by playing your best goalkeeper. And that goalkeeper is Edward Mendy, and I think there's no debate about that. So that's my saying. Whether you think it was changed based on how the results of the match went, I, I still think I would be here after a Chelsea victory saying, Great job, you know, Keppa after coming in, did solid in net, uh, you know, was able to get the win. 
interesting, questionable decision to uh, put him in and bring Mendy out towards the end of extra time. I th- I think I would be saying the same thing, whether you think that or not. But I, I would say in that situation, you bring your best keeper in. That's Edward Mendy. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really bat an eye when he did it during the game. But in hindsight, I mean, you look at all the facts now. Mendy, he had, he had a hell of a game. Um, and the fact that you take him off after is kind of like a bit of a, I don't know. I, it felt like almost like a punishment. I know it wasn't that, but certainly something that Tuchel is going to get questioned on. But I don't think it was something. I think it's something that they had pre-planned, right? Obviously, Kepa's our penalty keeper. Uh, I don't know if that's going to still be the case after he didn't save 11 of them, but uh, in a row. So <laughs> we'll have to see about that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward when it comes to our penalty shootouts uh, and who is going to be in net. I do want to talk on Mason Mount. I got, I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated with some people um, about how Mason Mount, he's had, he, you know, I, I definitely see that he hasn't been on his best form lately, but this is like his first like real stinker. Um, and he had a stinker in my opinion. I mean, he, he created some nice chances, but I don't care. You could have, you could have done anything. But missing those two chances, unless he scored three other chances, it's just unacceptable in the cup final. And he really lost us this game. Uh, Pulisic also had a really good chance, but at least he got that one on target. Mason Mount didn't get his two on target, so that's something you have to take into account. Uh, you know, really poor from him. Really disappointing. I don't need any Arsenal fans saying Emil Smith Rowe is better. Just shut up. Emil Smith Rowe hasn't even come close to a piece of silverware since his childhood uh, when he was using his his uh, very nice plates at the dinner table. So let's just, <laughs> let's just calm down, okay? Mason I Mount think is, you're the one that needs to calm down. I need to calm down, but because I'm not going to be able to calm down. Just because so. a few people clap back on you, uh, clap back at <laughs> you on Twitter doesn't mean you need to come on the podcast and start spewing your thoughts like a madman. Mason Mount today had a subpar performance. He wasn't good. He wasn't terrible. He was in the middle between bad and okay. How is he not terrible? In my opinion. (laughs) Let me finish. You might have to turn that down a few decibels editing. Mason Mount had an okay performance. It was bad. Sure, you can call it that. But at least he had shots on goal. I mean, we have players come in, try and play wing, try and play up front, try and play a false nine. They can't even get a shot on goal. That's Romelu Lukaku half the time. I mean, to, to say that, I mean, Alex, here, here's a funny thing. You know our striker, Romelu Lukaku, the guy that we signed for, you know, hundreds of millions? The man was on the Hundreds bench, of millions. You know, the man was on the bench in a final, in a cup final. What does that say about our club? And what does that say about Romelu Lukaku? That's an embarrassment that we're sitting Romelu Lukaku, bringing him in as a sub. In the second half, because well, he's been what so would you do? Start underperforming. I, I mean, I'm saying no, no, no. I'm saying it was a good move by Tuchel to put him on the bench. Like, yeah, it would be good. You know, he comes in as a sub, and then like it's, it's a good move by Tuchel. But I'm just saying, in the you know, in the wide look at that scene, seeing that on the bench, it's 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 Lukaku just shows how bad he's been since he's come to Chelsea. How much he's lost it since he's come to Chelsea. How much Inter 
was so much better than Chelsea in his viewpoint. Seems to be the case. But I think Mason Mount had an okay game. I, I'm sorry. I can't agree with you on that. I can't I can't say his performance is bad. So I'll let you go now. Those are all interesting thoughts. Lukaku joke. Um, I, I The only reason I disagree with you, I just you can't miss two chances like that and then like not have a terrible performance in a cup final, especially considering those chances defined how we played. <clears throat> I thought Pulisic didn't play super great, but I think he was better than Mount. Um, so I, I would say that. But I thought in terms of our attackers, I thought Kai Havertz played out of his mind today. He was sensational. Kai Havertz. He had that one miss you did mention, Josh, but he was offside uh, and the keeper did close him down quite well and he did have pressure on his backside from Van Dyke. Still should be finishing it, don't get me wrong, but his movement up front, his press on the defensive side, how, how hard he worked throughout that game, he played hard. He was creative, he took the ball, he, he really was pivotal in all our attacking moves, he was involved in all of them. He picked out that uh, great cross or that cut back into Mount. I thought Kai Havertz just looked amazing today. Uh, obviously slotted away his penalty as well. You know, he he just looks like that guy. He looks like a focal point. Um, and he's really fighting for a job in that front free. And I think right now he's the only guy who has their real, you know, of that front three, his name is the only one I think that's stamped in. The rest are kind of... Uh, kind of circled in with a little bit of pencil, but there's a race marks all over. But Kai Havertz, uh, certainly right now, looks like our main man up front. Uh, Ziek obviously was in good form before he got injured. But Kai Havertz, man, he looked great today. So, uh, you know, really good to see that from another player that we spent a lot of money on. Uh, and, is, you know, we all joke about how that money was all, all worth it because of his goal. But uh, certainly his performances this season have been improving uh, very, you know, very well. And we've seen that through the middle is where Kai Havertz is best. And then he could drift wide from there. Uh, so if Romelu Lukaku does come back into the fray, you're going to have to see him. You're, you're going to have to figure out how to use Havertz, whether that's right behind Lukaku. Um, but I, I thought Lukaku actually played decent when he came on today. I don't know about you, Josh. You know, he had that one chance. That was a very difficult chance to be fair. And there was obviously the goal that he got. He was uh, claimed off sides when it looked like he was mm. off by maybe a pinky toe. Um, and and it, that's something, it was close. That's something that we heard before the season. Oh yeah, VAR, we're gonna we're gonna stop that. That's not gonna happen anymore. We're not gonna do you know the the, the bigger thing. lines, the longer like bigger lines, so it's le- more thick lines, so it's less yeah. tighter. We it. know that VAR has become a big thing when it comes to fans, and it's controlled the game, and we don't want to have that happen anymore. So if there's any bang bang plays that a player's a fraction this tiny little bit off size, we're gonna let the goal stand. You didn't today. Th- that didn't happen. We just had that with Romelu Lukaku. So so close. No goal. And whose goal was it earlier? Was it Fabinho that scored? Was it Fabinho that scored earlier in the game? Matip with Virgil van Dyke. Thank you. Matip, yes. Yeah. The VAR there. Uh, Virgil van Dyke hugging, I think it was Reese James, at the bottom left side when you're looking at the VAR angle of the... of the formation, what is that? The I guess the wall, or just the people waiting for the corners? Just, just kind of like the the mash of individuals, right? So he was at the bottom of that, and apparently he restricted uh, Reese James or whoever the defender was. I think it was James at the bottom of the screen, 
because then James, you know, after getting hugged by Van Dyke, had a chase after Sadio Mane, who had a little bit of a header. Then it went to Matt Tip, who obviously scored. Goal got ruled off VAR. Do you think that should have been a goal? Uh, a big question, because then that game, you know, we have a Liverpool fan who's friends with us, and he said, oh, you know, whatever, let's go, you know, Liverpool won. And then he, t- he texted me and he said, shouldn't even have gone to extra time. So obviously he very much believed that that Matt Tip goal was taken away from them. I want to know, Alex, your thoughts on that. I don't think that's a foul. Um, I mean, I'll take it, or I would have. T- obviously, we lost anyway, so it doesn't really matter at this point. But I, I don't think it was. It was a weak, weak. Like I get, he's an offside position. He kind of prevents Reese James, but Reese, like Reese James, is no like he's no Jorginho, right? Like that guy's built. That built. counts as a foul, though. <laughs> That's not like a separate thing. It was a uh, what was it? It was like a. Something. Well, he was also offside, so that's why he interfered with the play because he was offside. Yeah, offside. But I don't think it had anything to do with being offside. I thought it was just interference with the play that didn't yeah. happen with the. Uh, it, it, if you're interfering with someone, it can only be obviously with the the player with the ball. The the well, you and, can't you can't interfere with the play when you're offsides, basically. Just like you can't stand right in front of the goalkeeper when you're offsides and they score, because then the goalkeeper can't see anything. Yeah, it's similar to that. But I mean, obviously, those rules are all kind of like a bit meh. But I, I, I when I looked at, it, I'm like, you know, Reese James is no Jorginho, like I just said before. That guy, that guy's built, you know, like a tank. So I think he can get around a, a little arm by Van Dyke. Uh, not that Van Dyke's a small guy either, but. Uh, I, I don't think that's really, I don't know. I, I thought that was a bit soft, to be honest. I don't think we'd see that before VAR ever called, uh, even if it was seen, to be honest. But, I mean, hey, we'll we'll take it. And I thought that Lukaku goal, I was so excited. I was like, damn, this guy scored. That was a nice finish from him, too. He's the only one who was clinical on the day, really, if you think about it, in terms of he had a chance and got the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's unfortunate, and that's just one of those toenail, you know, fingernail, millimeter decisions that you can't, you, you can't, uh, it's frustrating, but you, I guess you got to live with it uh, if you want the VAR to do other things. And obviously, there's also the red card, right, on Chalaba. Uh, he had to get stitches, he tweeted after the game. I think that's a red man. I don't care that they both went for the ball. He studs them right. I texted Josh. That guy's. I I didn't realize where exactly he uh he the contact was. I was like that guy. He's not gonna be able to have kids. Um, but obviously he's okay. I think it was like on his thigh or whatever. But um, I didn't see that initially. So, but you know that that's a dangerous challenge. I guess uh, Chalaba kind of. If you look at it, Chalaba also flew in with his studs, but he also like took his studs away. Whereas. Uh, who was it, Keita, I want to say? He didn't even, like, really take his studs away. He just kind of followed right through. Yeah. Um. So I kind of thought it was a red, to be honest. I think he should have been sent off. I agree. I, I think he should have been sent off. But you know the ref in those big decisions, they're taught to not make those game-deciding Yeah, uh, you, got, you just let it to VAR, right? And VAR didn't think it was a issue. So I guess there you go. But I... I I thought it was a penalty looking back at the replay. I think I think they got pretty much all the major decisions wrong, if you want me to be honest. That should have been a goal for Matip. It was a red card, and I think that Lukaku goal should have stood. <laughs> so however you see, however all that momentum shakes out, I mean, whatever you want to see here. Um, but I think the rest, obviously all the rest of the offside decisions are right. 
Um, but it was really an offside fest for Chelsea. So we need to learn how to stay onside. Okay, so I guess we can talk about penalties now just just a little bit. We, we kind of got through the game. Penalties, every penalty taker, absolutely smooth in their performance. There was a little, ooh, is he going to score here? Ooh. Timo Werner. Timo Werner, when he stepped up, I was shaking. I was scared out of my mind that that guy was going to miss. I was shaking the whole time. I literally, I was sitting at the table at the time because I was watching on my phone. Long story. Blame my friend Will because we don't know his ESPN Plus password. (laughs) (laughs) We both didn't know it. Shout out to him, even though he's an Arsenal fan. But... Not shout out because we didn't have his... (laughs) (laughs) I got in. Don't worry. Um... I was shaking. Like, I'm at the table, and I'm literally shaking in my chair. I got so nervous for penalties. And I and as soon as Kepa missed, I'm, like, putting my tail. Like, I slammed my head on the, like, table. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. Oh, it was, oh, bad, it was terrible. Man. It was terrible. Oh. I hate penalties. See, you understand why I hate penalties I, now. I still think that was unbelievable, though. The whole sequence, Alex, was great, and the cameras is just capturing the moment. It's, uh, it's ugh. But, I mean, some guys, Romelu Lukaku, looked absolutely superb in that with that penalty shot absolute class from him Tiago Silva didn't look like he's aged since he was 22 in that penalty shootout uh I, I forget who the announcer was but he was like I think Tiago Silva's ready for more football after this again you know a great clearance on the most Salah goal that could have been even though it looked to be off made a game saving clearance uh, off the line and we've seen it before from Tiago Silva in a Chelsea shirt Something to note on. That guy is just sensational. I don't know how he does it. Um, He's got a few more years in him. I mean, my God. If you think Cristiano Ronaldo has a few more years in him, look at Thiago Silva. I think that guy's got at least two more years in him. Uh, whether that's going to be at Chelsea or elsewhere. But he is smooth. And he's just a cool operator. Well, he's got one more after this, right? Because he signed that new yeah, contract. Yeah, he just signed an extension. Yeah, so right. He's so got he's at got at least another one. At least another one after this year, right? We still got it. It's only it's it's just going to be March uh, in a yeah. couple days. Mm-hmm. So he's still got Chelsea football in him for at least a year plus. Yeah, and I think that um, yeah, that just leads us to it's not even Kepa's fault again. Like you said in the beginning or earlier in the episode. Would like I guess we can do the hypo- whole hypothetical. If Mendy was the goalkeeper, would he have made that penalty? You don't know that. You you really don't know that. To be fair, Mendy passed it right to him. Mendy's not exactly the greatest striker of the ball, so I'm not so sure if I would have oh, trusted yeah. him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember yeah. that chance? So no, I do I remember know. that. Well, that that led to the Tiago Silva save, right? Because that yeah, was a chip exactly. by Mo Salah. Uh, Mo, Mo Salah. <laughs> Mo, Mo Salah. <laughs> I'm feeding it to your Romelu Lukaku meme, Lukaku meme, right? So now there's the Mo Salad, which is the other meme, and it's like, oh. No, all stuck in my head. <laughs> These names. We got to make sure we don't say anything bad. No, I know it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be bad. We, we got to be careful. It, I mean, is that we can circle back to it? But I guess we should address the whole uh, ownership of the club situation right now because our last episode was before this, so I, we were gonna get to it eventually. I just didn't know when the right time was, and I guess it's now. Okay, so we don't want to get too political here uh, because it's really hard, but it's hard to avoid. Politics. Once. I mean, it's not really political, to be honest. I mean, there's, well, there's what, one side that's right, and that's pretty much okay, it. Okay. Well, let's let's chill out here, Alex. But we don't want to get too political here. But apparently, I guess we do because Alex went right to the nitty gritty uh, of of the issue at hand. There is a war going on currently. Uh, okay, Let, let's talk about it. So Chelsea ownership, Roman Abramovich, the 
former owner of Chelsea is stepping down uh, or, or passing his role, basically passing the torch along. He's still going to stay as owner of the club, but he's basically taking a step back. He's going to give it to the Chelsea board uh, to make the prime decisions right of the club. Like, and then he'll, you know, he'll just be the supply and demand when it comes to the money part of things. He will still be the money guy, uh, but he's going to leave it to the board to decide like the, the, Big things for the club. If if I have that right, Alex. I mean, you can clear up. It, it's basically he's he's stepping away so that Chelsea don't get financially punished because of the sanctions against Russia. Obviously, Abramovich. He's a Russian oligarch. He's one of the many targets of all these sanctions by uh you know various FIFA. countries and nations. FIFA? No, NATO. <laughs> well, yeah, NATO. <laughs> but I'm saying now. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying FIFA is now also. Uh, I I do believe they are going to be pressing some. Yes, uh, there are. Yeah, I have I have the info right now. Of, of a few hours ago, FIFA has actually also uh, done some you know digging on Russia, I guess, and uh, punished them for their action. So the World Cup, no World Cup ban yet, but their team flag and national anthem uh, will not be allowed. So that's something, Alex. As well, so kind of like the Olympics, where they're the Russian Olympic Committee or whatever, because they gotta. And they also shut them down too. They they or they condemn their actions against Ukraine. Yeah. Or condemns Ukraine's invasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then Henry Winter um, actually tweeted out the uh, football writer for Time Sports said FIFA has blood on its hands. Uh, here, Infantino should stand up to Putin, not appease him. Utterly spineless from FIFA to let Russia continue competing in World Cup qualifying just with a different name while brave Ukrainians die. Very sad FIFA, stuff happening. FIFA is not a stood up often, so it's not really a surprise. They're very... I don't know what even the right word to describe them is. I'm just going to say nothing. <laughs> but yeah, Russia uh, won't be able to uh, compete under their name at least. Won't be able to use a flag. Roman's stepping down due to this, uh, as again, Alex said. He's stepping a, aside, not stepping down. Stepping That's aside, stepping as he aside. is a huge supporter uh, and helps with the country of Russia and their decisions. So, but anyway, yeah, there is one right and there is one wrong. Um, you know, obviously we, we stand with Ukraine and um, we hope that everything is eventually settled. Although right now it looks like Putin is in no way of stopping. But again, this is not a politics podcast although as much as alex wants it to be this <laughs> it's is not a, a it's not a, a war a war strategy podcast this is um, a chelsea fc podcast we want to keep it strictly chelsea based we don't want to get too upset uh but yeah again we hope everything you know pray for ukraine we hope everything um you know ends up in a better place than what has happened and transpired in the last week i think we can leave it at that um but but with that i think i think that's gonna do it i mean as yeah, we, we can't talk about this game as long as possible, uh, as much as we want to. It did happen hours ago for us. This episode's coming uh, almost a day after the match. It's very sad, but we're here. And, and luckily, it's only a care about cup. I mean, Alex, while we were in the moment of penalties, obviously, in, in earlier uh, rounds, stages, whatever you want to call it, you have the U18s, the U19s, the younger players, the Premier League two guys step up and, and start or even on the bench for Chelsea. And then obviously when you get to the final, Thomas Tuchel has to make the decision and tell 
Keppa, who started basically all of these matches, and say, hey, listen, we're going to go with the better keeper, essentially, in this match, starting Mendy. So they have to make those decisions. They start their big guys. You didn't really... You thought this was like a Champions League final feel in these penalties, or, or throughout the whole match. The fans on both sides were absolutely amazing. Um, so it was super fun there. But again, just an EFL Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever you want to call it. Speaking of cups, we got the FA Cup on Wednesday, midweek. Against Luton Town. Luton Town's nothing to play with. I mean, they are uh, in the top 10 in the championship. I believe they're the six spot specifically. Alex, my question for you is, do you think any of these guys you saw in the match today start on Wednesday? Because they're going to need some rest. And I mean, they got it. But do they have enough to, to for Thomas Tuchel to give them the okay to play in this match? Some guys, I think you're probably going to see another run out for Reese James. You're probably going to see maybe Callum Hudson-Odoi. You're probably going to see Lukaku. So, you know, you're going to see some main guys, but I don't think you're going to see everyone. For example, I don't think you're going to see Thiago Silva. You might not see Rudiger. You might not see Havertz, etc. So uh, I think it's going to be a mix of some big guys, some smaller guys. Um, hopefully get to see Harvey Vale in that game. Um, because he scored a banger the other day. I believe it was for the, I don't know which youth team, but he was on one of the youth teams. Uh, he scored a, he, one, one of the many youth teams. He scored a banger. So, uh, we'd love to see. In that? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the question. Probably right Keppa. There. Probably Keppa, but yeah. who knows? Man's um, got to get it. He has to get his confidence back. Got his right confidence now. back. It's so sad, especially because he's been improving these past two seasons since Mendy's come in and just, yeah. You know. But the team uh, stuck around and he actually made a social media post addressing, uh, you know, Chelsea Twitter. And it, it, what what is very good, you know, football, as much as it divides us, is it, it brings us closer together in some events. This one specifically being an event. If you look at uh, Kepa's Twitter comments on, uh, you know, his game post from today, it's all love and support, which is great to see, especially from your fan base like Chelsea, who in the past two years has been uh, – a little, uh, I mean, how do I say it? Questionable uh, with their online presence against their own club or clubs surrounding the team when they play them. So good. Excessive, that- excessively passionate. <laughs> In a bad way. In a bad uh, so, way. So let's just yeah. say today it was good and everyone was a community. So they stood together. Anyway, FA Cup midweek. We got Burnley match on Saturday in the Premier League. Alex, I think best bet is you hear from us on the here on the Talking Blues podcast sometime next weekend, talking uh, and you know talking about Luton Town, and then also recapping the Burnley match, which is going to be the more specific one at the time because it's going to be closer to there. So with that, you can follow Alex on Twitter at Inorin23. I'm on Twitter at Joshola29. We appreciate you listening. You can also follow us on Twitter and TikTok, the podcast, uh, you know, um, socials. I post a bunch of content there on the TikTok. And then Alex, if you want to hear all his clapbacks or read them on Twitter because he loves to get involved with Chelsea fans who don't agree with him, you can follow that and see all of those tweets at Talking Blues Pod on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to find all the places to listen. Go to shipitstudios.com slash Talking Blues. And then... On Apple Podcasts and or Spotify because you can do it on there now too. Rate us five stars. We'd really appreciate it. Helps out the podcast. Gets it on those charts. And uh, we thank you for doing it so far uh, because we've been on some charts recently and um, throughout this time on the podcast. So we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the support on Twitter because we've gotten some tweets recently uh, you know, about people listening to the podcast and enjoying it. So 
we 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 do love that. Um, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Alex, any final words? You haven't talked in like three minutes. Um. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know, as much as I disagree with a lot of people on Twitter, I also <laughs> enjoy the engagement. Um. So yeah, there, there, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. See you next time. Peace. Have a good week. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.